Come Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to be adding another name to the short list of transcendent sports stars, some of whom you may know by just a single name. If you mention that name, your friend or colleague who doesn't know a thing about sports, heck, even your grandmother, will know who you're talking about. LeBron, Kobe, Serena, Tiger, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal. They're not just famous as athletes, they're stars in every walk of life. There is one more, and whether he and the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl or not, by Sunday night you'll know his name. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Even if by some chance you've never witnessed a single moment of Mahomes playing quarterback, chances are good you've seen him on TV. I was watching the game the other day, and I was counting the Patrick Mahomes commercials, and for a 34-minute period of actual time, there were three different commercial breaks, and Pat was in four of them. You've met my new Mahomey. Patrick Mahomes. Using head and shoulders every day. It's like great offense for my hair. It's like he was all over the place. And I thought, man, I can't believe that all these different companies want to use the same guy. And then I really thought about it. Why the hell would you want anybody else right now in professional sports to be your pitch man, to be the face of your product other than Patrick Mahomes? That's the question posed by Carrington Harrison, co-host of The Drive on KCSPAM 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. In this episode of Wrecking the Toy Department, where we won't just stick to sports because we don't have the privilege of doing so, I'm going to answer Harrison's question definitively in the affirmative. Yes, there's no other sports star, and it's not even close, that any company would want to be its pitch man right now other than Patrick Mahomes. I watch sports to see athletes achieve the impossible, to perform feats of athleticism that leave me speechless, reduced to oh my god as I watch, marveling at what I can only describe as pure magic. Even compared to some of the most incredible highlights I've ever seen, watching Patrick Mahomes play is riveting. He can extend a play with his feet, and because he also played basketball and baseball, he can make throws that seem to defy the realms of logic, physics, and human ability. Whether he whips a no-look pass like Magic Johnson, sidearms a throw like a major league third baseman, or just before being sacked, the righty completes a pass by throwing the ball left-handed. He was eye-popping, must-see TV almost immediately upon setting foot on the field, taking the NFL and the sports world at large by storm. He could set a record if he gets number six here today. Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Number, number six 42, for 42. Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, flushed out again, all the way back. Turning the corner, fires downfield, caught! Touchdown, Kansas City! How did he pull that off? Those highlights courtesy of CBS Sports, NBC Sports, and ESPN. In just his third NFL start, Mahomes set a franchise record, throwing six touchdowns in a single game. A week later, Mahomes had, on the season, thrown a total of 13 touchdown passes without an interception, and was leaving professional sportscasters searching for words fit to describe what they were seeing. By the end of the 2018 season, Mahomes had crashed through the ceiling of what was considered possible for not just a second-year quarterback, but any quarterback becoming just the second player in NFL history to throw for more than 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in a single season. He was voted the league's most valuable player by an overwhelming margin. And then Mahomes surprised people once again. In the world of professional sports, where ego and self-promotion roam free hand in hand, in his award acceptance speech, Mahomes hyped everyone he mentioned but himself. I'm truly honored to win the NFL's most valuable player award. When you look at this award, you see the rich history that it has. You see guys like Elway and Favre, Manning and Brady, and many more. And I'm so humbled that I can be sharing this prestigious honor with them. 
This season was special, and there was a lot of people that helped me get to this point. First, I just want to thank God, because without him, none of this would even be here. Next, I want to thank my family, my mom and dad, my brother and sister who aren't here, and my rock, Brittany, who keeps this show rolling every single day. I have to thank the Chiefs organization for believing in me, the Hunt family, Brett Veach, my coaches, Coach Reed, Coach Kafka, Coach Miyanami, and most of all, the players. I mean, they give me their all every single day, and this is an award for all of us. Thank you all. Last, I want to thank Chiefs Kingdom. Exactly. Your passion and love is unmatched. You're here no matter when and where. This is just the beginning. We have a long ways to go. Thank you. The MVP trophy capped a season in which Mahomes led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game for the first time in 25 years. Heading into the 2019 season, much was expected of the Chiefs. They started the season that they ended 2018 with an offense that looked unstoppable. But then a team with Super Bowl dreams hit the skids, dropping consecutive home games for the first time in six years before losing their heartbeat, their soul, their quarterback to a dislocated right knee. Three weeks later, much faster than first expected, Mahomes returned. But the Chiefs lost to Tennessee and their record fell to 6-4. A team that had been projected as a real Super Bowl contender suddenly looked as if it wouldn't even win its own division. But Mahomes and the Chiefs rallied, winning their final six games and earning a playoff bye. Kansas City entered the postseason having gone 50 years since it last played in the Super Bowl, and the team, under coach Andy Reid, had a history of playoff misfortune, a penalty that negated what could have been a game-clinching interception in last year's overtime loss to New England in the AFC Championship game, an historic collapse in which the Chiefs blew a 28-point lead in a loss to Indianapolis, and a horrific recent playoff record at home where they would host the Houston Texans in the divisional round. It looked as though the Chiefs' playoff ghosts were looming large again as the Texans stormed to a 24-0 lead early in the second quarter. As the home crowd at Arrowhead Stadium rained booze down on their team, Mahomes was stalking the sideline, barking at his teammates to, quote, do something special. And then they did. Pass caught on the run for the touchdown, Damian Williams. That's how fast they can do it. Wings it. Uh, you see how fired up Patrick Mahomes is? The stadium's getting fired up. Mahomes to Kelsey, and another touchdown for Kansas City. Here's Mahomes looking. Open field for a moment. He may have been past the line of scrimmage. It's called a touchdown. The call was confirmed. Mahomes with his fourth touchdown pass of the quarter. Those highlights courtesy of CBS Sports. Mahomes became the second quarterback in NFL history to throw four TD passes in a single quarter of a playoff game, and by halftime, his team led 28-24 on the way to a 20-point skunking of Houston. That was just the beginning. A week later, Mahomes had the chance to avenge another regular season loss, and then the Chiefs' 50-year Super Bowl drought. Once again, the Chiefs fell behind early, trailing Tennessee 17-7 halfway through the second quarter. Then, Mahomes took over, throwing a touchdown pass to cut the deficit to three, and then marching the Chiefs to the Titans' 27-yard line with just seconds remaining in the first half. He gets a block, he runs to the near side, he's on the numbers, he breaks a tackle at the 30, comes to the near side, breaks another tackle, down the sideline, 25-20. Mahomes who tiptoes, 
inside the 10. Still not out. Oh, what a run out of this world. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. A dazzling 27-yard zigzagging run. Those highlights courtesy of CBS Sports and the Westwood One Radio Network. Winning the MVP award, leading consecutive playoff comebacks to lead your team to its first Super Bowl appearance in 50 years, and the way in which he did it. The play in which he scored a touchdown on a 27-yard scramble to give the Chiefs the lead going into halftime. I think will be one of the first plays in Mahomes Hall of Fame montage. There's no question, as 610 Sports Radio's Carrington Harrison says, that if Mahomes continues along this trajectory, that he's headed for the Hall of Fame. But his Canton-worthy on-field play is not the only reason Chiefs fans spent several days ahead of the team's playoff opener waiting in a slow, snaking line at Kansas City's Union Station to take a photograph with a 7-foot-tall Patrick Mahomes bobblehead. It's because of what he represents to the city he's made his adopted hometown and what he should mean to the sports world writ large. The next time you watch Mahomes play or see a Mahomes highlight, hit pause and take a look at the wristbands he wears. They tell the stories of some of the kids who've made the biggest impact on his life. For 23 years, Tim Siegel coached the tennis team at Texas Tech, Mahomes' alma mater. He and his kids know Mahomes personally. Four years ago, Siegel's son Luke suffered severe head and chest trauma in a golf cart accident. He survived, but cannot walk or talk. Mahomes still sends texts to check in on him. When he spotted Luke before a huge game against Baylor during his sophomore year, he stopped to talk to him. Siegel now runs a charity in his son's honor with branded Team Luke Apparel. During a Chiefs game, the camera zoomed in on Mahomes during the national anthem, revealing a Team Luke wristband. Siegel's phone buzzed with messages for the next hour. One California man whose son Cade suffered a stroke and lost both his vision and speech during a surgery to remove a brain tumor discovered Mahomes was wearing his son's wristband during a visit to a local GameStop. Cade first met Mahomes during the QB's sophomore year in college. Three years later, Mahomes returned to the camp where he'd first met Cade and asked to see him. Upon receiving the message, Cade's father told his wife to pull their son out of school immediately to go see Mahomes. That day, Cade gave Mahomes the same wristband his father would see Mahomes wearing in an enormous promotional poster for the video game Madden 20. 16-year-old Sophia Lindenberger had heard rumors about Mahomes visiting Kansas City's Mercy Hospital, where she was going for week-long chemotherapy treatments for Ewing's sarcoma, a cancer that strikes only 200 kids each year. She missed him by a day and so made a point of getting a ticket to Mahomes' next charity event. There. She presented him with a Sophia Strong bracelet her school had made for her. Mahomes promised to wear it, and sure enough, a week later he did. Days later, Sophia saw an Instagram post from Mahomes' longtime girlfriend, Brittany Matthews, in which Mahomes was wearing the band during Thanksgiving dinner. There are several more stories like this, and, until a recent interview with the Kansas City Star, Mahomes never mentioned the wristbands publicly. The families of the children who gave him the bracelets to wear found out Mahomes was wearing them the same way, by surprise. These kids and others like him, Mahomes told Jimmy Fallon on NBC's The Tonight Show, are the reason he launched his foundation, 15 and the Mahomes, last year. It's a foundation that is designed all around kids, kids from either underserved communities that don't get the same opportunities that I had whenever I was young, or kids that are in the hospital that have chronic illnesses or have suffered major injuries, because those kids are the ones that train harder than me by a hundred times every single day. 
and I want to make sure I can give back to them in any shape, in any way, in order to get them the resources that they need to have an amazing life. Starting his foundation would be admirable enough, but that is hardly the only way in which Mahomes has chosen to serve his communities. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is donating shoes to student athletes in his hometown school district in Texas. Mahomes' younger brother Jackson helped take those shoes to kids this morning. The Veterans Community Project is giving Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes a different kind of stage. Anytime I can have the opportunity where I can come out here and and give back to them is, is something that I, I try to do and try to be a part of. They put him to work, making sure these tiny homes for homeless veterans shine. I know they're one of the first in the entire country and hopefully we can just keep spreading the good word and keep helping people out. Mahomes shared another one of his talents with the volunteers off the field. I think I'll stick with painting today. I'm not the, I'm not the handiest of men, but I, I can, I can, I'm sure I can paint pretty well. Because for him, serving and supporting our veterans is bigger than football. I mean, they give so much for us to be able to be where we are and uh, be able to live the life that we live. The 24-year-old third-year quarterback has already accomplished enough, become transcendent and historic enough of a figure that a woman more than four times his age is closely tracking his career. 100-year-old Melba Mills of Kansas City, who'd never attended a sporting event in person in her life, was out with her family for lunch when she mentioned to the waiter that he looked like Mahomes. Her son was dumbfounded that she knew who Mahomes was, but unbeknownst to him, she'd read plenty of articles from which she'd surmised he had an admirable personality to go along with transcendent talent and had deemed his clippings worthy of saving alongside the ones she typically reserves for major events, institutions, and figures. The lunch prompted her son to contact the Chiefs who, in conjunction with the league, were looking for a 100-year-old to help honor the NFL's 100th season. Next thing she knew, she was presented a customized Chiefs jersey and meeting Mahomes in the team's locker room. She later told the Kansas City Star she was amazed he'd let her hold the helmet he was going to play in later that afternoon and had this to say about their encounter. There's something about him that he was just so kiddish. He is also so humble. If he came out, I'm Mahomes, you know, and swing his shoulders and be real proud, he wouldn't be nearly as popular as he is. That guy is popular because he's humble. He does not have a big head. That's the whole secret of it all. Maybe, but I think that's just part of the secret. There seems to be something more than the humility. There's a commitment to help others. There's fortitude. There's grace, both on the field and off, and an eye-grabbing style of play that I hope football fans are lucky enough to be able to see for years to come. His teammates certainly seem to know how fortunate they are to play with Mahomes. After Kansas City beat the Titans to return to the Super Bowl for the first time in half a century, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey crashed Mahomes' post-game interview with CBS Sports sideline reporter Tracy Wolfson to say this. Best quarterback in the National Football League right here, baby, and he shows it every time. I'm going to be, baby. I love you. It's those last four words, or three in a bleep. I love you. How many athletes say that about teammates on national television and punctuate their feelings by dropping an F-bomb? It's been said that you shouldn't meet your heroes because you'll inevitably end up being disappointed. But I have yet to read or hear about a single instance of that happening with anyone who's met Patrick Mahomes. This episode of Wrecking the Toy Department was voiced, written, produced, and edited by me, Jake Williams. Thank you for listening.